Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. mom wakes up even earlier than I do. Micah was still in bed, stretched out on his front as he looked over at where Lynn was sat at his window, wearing nothing but his underwear and one of Micah's sleep shirts. One leg was braced against the other side of the sill, the other dangling down as he looked down at the garden outside. Caelan was still fast asleep next to Micah, the tiefling's tail wrapped tight around his calf and had been ever since Lynn had snuck out earlier. Hmm? Yeah, probably. She always goes and works out in the morning. She probably just went for a jog and then she'll come back and do bodyweight workouts, Micah explained, stretching his arms up and under the pillow so he could look at Lynn more comfortably. Is that why you kind of just push yourself up off the floor over and over again? Lynn asked, continually looking down from the garden to Micah and back again. Mm-hmm, that's some of it, Micah teased, unable to help but smile wide. Those would be called push-ups. You really haven't worked out before at all, have you? Lynn shook his head, frowning a little as he did. He seemed transfixed on whatever cast he was doing outside now, and Micah might have been worried if he didn't know any better. No. Should I have? Hiroki used to all the time, in that gym of his downstairs. I've never been coordinated enough, really. Lynn sighed, ears dropping down and back for a moment. Well... No, it doesn't really matter if you don't, but if you wanted to start, then now might be the best time. Mama is really good at training people. She trained me when I was little, and she hasn't really stopped working out this whole time. You could get to know her better, too. He watched in curiosity as Lynn's ears dropped for just a second before relaxing and returning to normal. Maybe, while you guys are still sleeping. Although... I don't have anything to wear. You can't work out in a suit, right? That seems wildly uncomfortable. You could borrow some of my clothes, Kalen grunted, turning his head just enough that he could squint at them in displeasure. They'll fit okay enough. Now, if you're quite finished, can you shut up and let me go back to sleep? It is barely dawn. He punctuated his complaint with grabbing Micah by the shoulder, pulling him in for another hug and closing his eyes tight again. The tiefling went willingly, shuffling across and back under the blankets to wriggle back against Caelan with a quiet purr. It wasn't long until the bed shifted again and Lynn had crawled back in with them, lifting up the blankets to lie closer to Micah. He wouldn't be sleeping or trancing again, but Micah had the feeling he liked being close whenever he could. It had become an easy enough job to sneak out of the room without waking Micah and Caelan. Micah could get clingy in the night, but Lynn simply made sure that he was in the middle of the bed, and then he could easily coax him to turn and cling to Caelan instead whenever he needed to leave. Caelan, it seemed, slept like the dead, and if he did wake up, he would realise that Micah was right there with him and fall back asleep soon after. The clothes he was in were 
uncomfortable. The trousers were too baggy around the waist and cinched in with a belt, but they barely came halfway down his shins. Kaelin also seemed to completely refuse to wear anything with sleeves to work out, and the night before had flat out insisted that Lynn only wear a tank top and nothing else. He didn't much like having so much skin on show, but he supposed that the only person he was going to see would be Cassie, and he was pretty sure that she had no idea what the tattoos that covered his skin meant. Unless she had been heavily trained in Arcana since the last time he saw her, and she was very, very good at hiding her intelligence. Lynn didn't want to be rude, but he was sure that he remembered enough about her that she didn't have a clue. She was already sat in the kitchen when he got downstairs, drinking what he smelt was a cup of coffee, and if anything could perk him up, it was the fact that there was an identical cup set out for him. Well, thank you, and... Sorry I'm late. He smiled as he headed to grab some milk and sugar, sitting down opposite her with a smile. <laughs> it's alright. I spent enough nights trapped by Micah that I know how difficult it can be to get out. She teased, her eyes travelling up and down his arms at the tattoos on show. Wow, I didn't know you had tattoos. They're everywhere, huh? Lynn felt a blush creep over his cheeks, ears dropping down low as he stirred his sugar into his coffee. Uh, well, they're just... I've got some too. Do you want to see them? Cassie asked, and Lynn would never know if she was just excited or whether she sensed his hesitation and wanted to distract his mind for a moment. Oh, yes please, if you didn't mind. He said with a grin before almost immediately regressing it as Cassie started taking off her shirt. He had a moment of panic until he realised that there was a stay underneath and he relaxed just a little. That was until he saw the tattoo on her chest stretching from between her collarbones down to her sternum. It was incredibly familiar, an axe and a sword crossed behind a shield surrounded by flames enchanted so they flickered just like real fire. You have Hiroki's tattoo, he whispered, hands stretching out until he realised where he would be touching her and he dropped it down to his side quickly. It wasn't Hiroki's tattoo, she chuckled before looking down at it fondly. Although, I guess he did design it. It's for me and Hiroki and Davos, the Firewalkers, she grinned, looking at her own chest in pride. But yes, he had it too. Did you see it? Lynn nodded quietly, unable to swallow around the lump in his throat. He had seen glimpses of it, and then the full thing when he buried Hiroki. He couldn't help but remember that those flames had stopped flickering when he died. He had another matching tattoo as well. Well, close to matching. Same theme. Well... Just look, she grinned before turning to show him her back. She had a tattoo that stretched across her entire back from her neck to her hips, shoulder blade to shoulder blade. It was intricate, beautiful, lines twisting around and around each other, all different thicknesses but each a deep black which looked almost like the void. One part stretched under her shorts and now he was looking properly he could see it wrapped around her leg down to her knee. Hiroki had had one very similar, the same style of lines and swirls and the same black ink, although the pattern was different. 
It had stretched from his right hip down to his knee, and he had gotten it sometime between Lin leaving the army and him dying. Lin had only seen it after his death, and that meant he had never really had a chance to ask about it. They're traditional tattoos. From my tribe. Cassie smiled, as if she had read his mind. She slowly put her shirt back on, sitting back down in place and picking back up her coffee. We got them at the same time, too. They tell our life stories, the important things to us. I took the Chief Tess's tattoo because, well, I'm the only member of my tribe left. Well, apart from Micah now, and so I'm the Chief Tess, right? I don't think it... Lynn started before she shook her head to get him to shut up. He listened. Anyway, I designed mine, his, and the one on Davos's arm. They're all completely personalised, spoke with them for a while to ask what was important to them before I designed it. Roki had something for you on it, you know, she added, taking another sip of her coffee like she hadn't just thrown a bottle of emotional wasps into the room and closed the door. He did? Lin asked, voice low and somewhat strange. He could feel his ears drop down, the tips brushing the tops of his shoulders easily. Yeah. It's hard to explain without it being here, but those, like, waves? They represent something large, like the ocean, meaning you were a big part of his life. And they were boxed in with the thicker black lines because he wanted to protect you. And it was really close to his birth line because you came along so soon after him. Eight months, right? That's unbelievable. I couldn't imagine having a baby eight months after Micah. Lin had zoned out a while back, staring down at his coffee. Hiroki had gotten that tattoo after... Lin had yelled at him after he had been the biggest shithead possible and run away from the only responsibility he had ever had. And Hiroki had still seen him as a big enough part of his life to get a tattoo for him. Anyway, let's go for that run. He didn't know how long he had been staring at his coffee, but when he looked up, Cassie had finished with hers and was taking her mug to the sink. Lin took a sip from his own before pulling a face when he realised it had gone completely cold. Oh well, he probably shouldn't run on a full stomach anyway. It was an embarrassingly small amount of time before black spots started swimming in front of Lin's eyes. He tried pushing himself further, not wanting to show himself up in front of Cassie, but unfortunately she seemed to notice that something was happening. Whoa, you've gone pale. Well, even paler. You should have told me you were struggling. She chastised as she slowed to a halt, turning around to try and look Lynn over. You're not going to get anywhere if you kill yourself on the first run. I thought you were smart. Come, sit down a bit. She sighed, taking his arm and taking him to a fallen log gently, pushing on his shoulder to get him to sit down. His legs felt like they weren't even attached and He must have been moving them somehow, but he couldn't for the life of him figure out how. He sat down on the log heavily, closing his eyes and enjoying the feel of some sort of support underneath him when his legs finally decided to turn to jelly. He groaned as he rested back on the tree behind him, letting his head loll back with a thunk. Breathe in and out, 
and in again. A simple rhythm, one that should be second nature, but was seemingly impossible right now. His lungs burnt. He never even knew that his lungs could burn. He spoke about you a lot, you know. It really, really wasn't something that he wanted to think about right now, but it appeared that Cassie had grown tired of the silence that had fallen between them. It was easy to see where Micah got it from. Hmm. Did he? Was all Lynn could think of responding. He really didn't want to be condescending or dismissive, but it was hard to think of the right words in the state that he was currently in. A lot. Especially when he came home to visit. He could hear the smile in Cassie's voice, feel her sitting close to him, hear her steady breathing that didn't seem laboured at all. You know, he didn't visit, right? He came home to beg me for money. I don't think that counts as visiting. Just jumped in the window, jumped out the window, and was gone. He couldn't help the hurt in his voice, the disappointment coming through easily. Apparently, running was bad for his ability to lie and hide his feelings. That doesn't sound right. What did he need money for? We got paid a decent amount. She sounded genuinely confused, and... Lynn couldn't help but wonder just what Hiroki had told her about his visits. Hiroki was the one person who could lie just as easily, just as smoothly as Lynn could, and that worried him. Well, weapons, mostly. Or presents. We took a lot of money with us when we first ran away, and it took us a fair while to burn through it, but by the time Kaelin came around, he needed more money, suddenly. Although, I do have the feeling he was sneaking in and stealing it before then. Apparently he was fine using stolen money for you guys, but buying a naming present with a product of thievery was a little too far. Lynn laughed, trying to keep it light-headed, even as he felt his ears tick down a little. He didn't get to talk about this side of Hiroki much, the side that wasn't quite as perfect as what he wanted to put out into the world. What do you mean? He was stealing money for presents for us? Cassie's voice finally sounded strained, and... Lynn opened his eyes to look over at her. Her own eyes were wide, obviously completely unaware of just what Hiroki had been doing all these years. Lynn suddenly got a deep feeling of dread that he had fucked something up. Really badly. You know, like the shield he got for Davos for his wedding? Or those shirts that you had when you were complaining how warm it was up here, those shimmery ones? Lynn explained, unsure what he could really tell her. In all honesty, he didn't know the extent that Hiroki had spent on them. It wasn't like he spoke to him much, or that Lin had really bothered to keep track. He said he got those shirts for two silver in the market, Cassie protested, although Lin could tell that she was starting to realise that had been a lie. He could almost see the thoughts going through her head, trying to remember the shirt. Cassie, they cost a couple of hundred gold. They're a wood elvish material, they regulate your body temperature. Did did you not notice? Lynn asked, ears starting to twitch in curiosity. I mean, yes, I noticed that, but... She exclaimed, voice getting louder as she seemed to pale before his eyes. I never thought... Gods, I could kill him. He could lie so easily, he lied to me so easily. She dropped her head into her hands and Lynn's ears started to drop. This had really upset her and he was not the kind of person to know how to reassure her. Fuck, I 
ruined that shirt. I wore it all the time. It ended up as my gardening shirt. I should have... I'm sure he was glad you got use out of it, Lynn interrupted, sitting up taller to reach over and rub her back. That always seemed to help Micah, so surely it would help her too. In any case, she seemed to lean into it, which could only be a good thing. Rather than just let it sit in a box doing nothing. He would have liked to know that he bought you something useful, something that helped you out. Because he knew I would kill him if he bought something that was completely useless. Cassie laughed, and at least this time it felt a little bit less empty. Oh, gods, you mentioned Kaylin's naming present. What about Micah's? Do you know how much he spent on that? Lynn shrugged. He was being honest. He really didn't know, but... He knew it had to be a lot. Well, it's real gold, and rubies, and all enchanted so the flames flicker, so... Probably... a fair amount? Carty groaned, leaning her head in her hands and speaking down at the floor. Oh, gods. I let Micah play with that all the time. He took it to school. I should have taken better care of it. What if he lost it? He didn't lose it, though, did he? Lynn soothed, rubbing her back slowly. This was strange, but he supposed that he could deal with it if it made her feel better. It meant... It still means the world to him. You should have seen his panic attack when I mistook it for Kalen's and put it somewhere safe. The money never meant anything to Micah, as I'm sure it never meant anything to you. It's the thought that counts, right? Classy laughed a little, looking up to the sky with a grin, and what Lynn could clearly see were tears in her eyes. You're right, and... Hiroki put a lot of thought into all of them. He really did. God, I... I miss him, she ended, whispering a little. I know, Lynn whispered back. I miss him too. And it was the truth. Nearly a year now, and Lynn missed him more and more each day, whether he deserved to or not.